into the Word of God this morning. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we thank you for truth. And God, we're asking today that we would uh, encounter you in such a way that your truth, Lord God, would renew our mind, transform our lives, and God, uh, make evident, God, your will in the earth. Prove what that good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. God, we're asking today that, that we would not just be immersed in theology or doctrine, but God, that that theology and doctrine would give way to reality, kingdom reality in our lives. That we would go beyond head knowledge to heart knowledge. God, that you would restore souls, that you would speak life into those that are gathered here today. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Turn with me, if you would, real quick to the Gospel of John, the third chapter. Very familiar scripture. And, you know, God's been, as you can probably tell from recent messages, I think I just spilled water on my glasses. That's not good. Um, God's been taking me back to what I call the anointed basics. But he's been giving me deeper revelation and deeper understanding, and I, I know he has with many of you as well. So we're going to, this is another one of those times, and we're going to just take a look at a very familiar scripture and just ask God to speak to us. Uh, maybe some things that we have even put on the back burner or we, we, we never knew. Amen. Speak it into our hearts and our lives. John chapter 3 and verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. Everybody say Pharisees. All right, so we're going we're gonna, to, we're gonna, Nicodemus was a Pharisee, he was a ruler of the Jews, and, and in verse 2 it says, the man came to Jesus by night, he was afraid to come to him during the day, when most everybody would come to him, he came to him by night because he knew what that could cost him. The Pharisees as a whole were against Jesus. He was, he was really personifying everything that they were called to be and they weren't doing it. They couldn't do it. They had missed out. They had traded, amen, the truth of God's word for the knowledge of God's word, but it never became a living reality in their life. And so they became religious, and they became judgmental, and they became critical, and it got so bad that they did not recognize the Son of God when he was walking in their midst. But there was something different about Nicodemus. Nicodemus was witnessing the miracles. He, was, he had heard some of the things that Jesus had preached, and he couldn't shake it. And he had the same pharisaical backgrounds and the, the same thing that he was battling with, with, with uh, uh, religion, tradition versus truth and reality. And, and he had this civil war going on in his heart. And he, and he came to Jesus by night. He snuck away from the other Pharisees when they couldn't see him. And they, he just wanted to talk to Jesus. Jesus wasn't going to have much time with him. And I want you to notice how he approached this Pharisee. He came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. That was a confession of faith. It was, a, it was a confession of what he was encountering as he witnessed the ministry of Jesus as Jesus was putting on display the heart of the Father. 
Amen? He said, listen, we know. No, he wasn't referring to the other Pharisees. I don't know who the we was. But he said, we know that you're, that you, that, that you're, uh, you, you had to come from God. Nobody can do these miracles. Nobody can do these signs and wonders unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said, notice his response to that statement. See, what Jesus was doing was looking past that decree, that statement, even though it was a statement of faith, he was looking past that to the real need and the thing that Nicodemus was asking. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus knew he was witnessing something, and it was different than his teaching. He was witnessing something that was different than all the pharisaical schooling and training that he had had. He was witnessing the manifestation of the power and the glory of God in this man called Jesus. And so Jesus said, I know what you want to see. I know what you're trying to encounter, but you can't do it unless you're born again. He didn't say anything about what Nicodemus just said. He goes, listen, I know what you're hungry for. And unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom. Amen. How many people are born again here this morning? Anybody born again? All right, we got quite a few. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Do you know that you have been given the right and the invitation to see kingdom reality? If you are born again, then the Spirit of God lives in you, and you have the ability, the capability, and an invitation to see the heart of God, to walk in the supernatural, to encounter the kingdom of God and the, and the Lord himself in his fullness. Jesus said, you can't do it unless you're born again. If you're not born again this morning, we'll give you an opportunity at the end of the season, I mean, at the end of the service, and you can... Yeah, covert, it got me thinking in seasons. <clears throat> you don't have to wait that long. Today is the day of salvation. Amen? But we've been given, in fact, the title of the message, if you look for the podcast or looking for it online, is Invitation. Amen? We've been given the ability, we've been given the invitation to see and to encounter kingdom reality. Amen? Amen. It's, it's an onward, upward process of growth, of revelation, amen, of victory as we encounter this. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? See, this is the problem that a lot of people have in the church. I've had it for years. I still wrestle with it. I'm asking God to free me from it and give me eyes to see what the Spirit is saying and ears to hear what the Spirit amen, is, is, is speaking, amen, to give me a revelation of the heart of God so that I can be an expression of that as well. He said, how do you get born again? Do you enter into your mother's womb again? He's processing a kingdom truth and kingdom reality with his natural mind. And, and this is what causes many of us to miss out on kingdom truth, kingdom authority and power. We, we, we read something in the word of God. We read something in, my Aunt Sylvia is over here. Yes, and Judy, I'm sorry, I, I, praise God, it's good to see you. Yes, amen, that excites me. We got revival in the church this morning, amen. She was hiding too, but I did spot her. She's with Judy there, praise God. If I see a hitchhiking, Sophia, I'll pick you up. I know she isn't driving it. What's that? 
Yeah, we, we'll get, we got room. We'll do it. We'll do it. All right, I'm sorry. I just get excited when these folks can come back with us. Amen. I know she's been watching online. We get calls. I get comments. And, and I just love her so much. She's the only one left on my mom's side of the family. And she's special to all of us. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Where was I? <laughs> kingdom reality. Amen. She's here today because of kingdom reality. Amen. And so God, God was telling him, you don't have to be, go back in your mother's womb. You don't have to, th this isn't a natural, this isn't a natural uh, uh, concept. This isn't a natural, uh, uh, something that can be entered into in a natural way, a cerebral, something you can think your th way through a process. This is a spiritual encounter. The only way you're going to understand what you're witnessing, the only way that's going to set you apart from everyone else is you've got to be born again. And when you're born again, man, the door is open. Amen. The invitation is there. The ability is there to see in the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, to encounter kingdom reality. Amen. Jesus answered and said most assuredly to this response of entering the mother's womb again. Amen. I'm glad we don't have to go through that. Amen. I'm glad that you can be born again of the Spirit. I don't know why. I just said that. And Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So not only does, does the Spirit of God and being born again give us the capacity and the, the, the capability to see and encounter spiritual things, but we actually get to enter. We have the invitation to enter the kingdom of God. We don't have to keep it all at a distance. Amen. God says, listen, j j just come after me, run after me, and I'm, I would be glad to reveal to you, amen, the truths of the kingdom. Amen. Mysteries... The Bible says that, that, that mysteries are of God, but God reveals the truth. You know, I believe why God withholds things and, and, and creates a mystery atmosphere, because he's creating hunger for us to press in and, and, and discover what's in those mysteries, because he really wants us to know them. Amen? He wants us to know them. All the time you hear Paul say, no, this is a mystery, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. This is a mystery. In other words, Paul was getting revelations of the mysteries. Why? Because he was going further than most anybody else in his day. And he was pressing into God. He said, it's, it's given for you to know the, the, the mysteries of the kingdom and, and, and these parables, but to them it isn't. Why? Having eyes they couldn't see. Having ears they couldn't hear. And they couldn't get past uh, the witnessing of the miracles to understand the, the ways of God that produce the miracles. Amen? How many of you know you can witness something over and over again and still never impact your life? God says, listen, if you've been born again, you can see. If you've been born again, you can enter. If you've been born again, I've got more for you. Amen? And if you haven't, then I've got that for you to get you, to get you started. He said, that which, is, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Can you imagine what's going on in Nicodemus' mind? I mean, he, he, see, it must be harder if you're religious and you've got a lot of scriptural knowledge, but you don't understand kingdom reality that's happening around you. 
I could see why you'd get more judgmental and more critical. It's, 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 it, it, it's a direct slap in the face to everything you've become. And it, it was affecting him, but God was drawing him out. God was drawing him out, and he told him. He knew he didn't have much time with him, and he told him, this is it. If you want to see and understand what you're witnessing, you've got to be born again. If you want to enter into those realms, you've got to be born again. Amen? It's available. Turn with me to Mark 8. I know I'm moving right along this morning, but Mark 8 and verse 13. Now they had just, I'm just going to lay a little bit of a foundation for where we're going to pick up here. The disciples had just witnessed Jesus feeding 5,000 people with a little boy's lunch. They had just witnessed him feed 4,000 people. These were fairly close together. There was a, there was a lack of food in another meeting. And, uh, and, he, uh, and he had fed 4,000 people with, I think, seven loaves. Okay? So they had encountered two miraculous, supernatural uh, release of provision of kingdom reality that sustained... Now, they were feeding the natural body. They, I mean, the, you know, you, you got to eat to live. You got to, you know, there's certain things that you just got to do. And so they needed that, and he provided it, and the disciples had witnessed this. So then he left them, and he got in a boat again and departed to the other side. Now, his disciples had forgotten to take bread. And they had had basket loads, they had 12 basket loads after the first one and seven basket loads after the second one. And now they got no bread. The disciples had forgotten to take bread and they did not have any more than one loaf with them in the boat. And he charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the what? The Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Two different leavens. Okay. And, and the disciples were kind of in the same boat as Nicodemus. Look at, look at their response to this. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Beware of the leaven of Herod. Here's, the, here's their response. Then he charged them, beware of the leaven. And then in verse 16, and they reasoned among themselves saying, is it because we have no bread? Talking about leaven. New leaven was in bread. Is it because we have no bread that he's talking? No, they were missing the whole point. They were trying to understand something in the natural that had to be spiritually discerned. Amen? He's telling them, listen, beware of the leaven. Of, he had just had some run-ins with them. They had just accused him of doing stuff uh, by Beelzebub, the, the, Satan, or the, or the prince of devils. He, they, they were beginning to question him. The heat was being turned up in his life. And so in this boat ride, he says, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. In other words, I've got something more. I've got a truth more important than the bread that you're worried about not having. There's something going on here that's much deeper than that, and I want to bring you into it. Amen? And so he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Now, the Pharisees' leaven was religious doctrine and truth, but no experience, no reality, no manifestation in their life, no grace, amen, no, no encountering God. It was encountering a, religious, uh, a religion and established a religious system that really didn't have any fruit. In fact, it was taking away from kingdom, rejecting kingdom. He said, beware of that leaven. What's the leaven of Herod? Herod represents the political scene in his day. 
There's a lot going on in America now. And you've got, you've got the religious leaven and you've got the political leaven. Amen. You know, I, I believe as believers we need to be involved in our, in, in our government, the affairs. We need to run for office. We definitely need to use the, the privilege we have to vote. We need to pray. We need to intercede. We need to be active any way we can. But we cannot look for our government to be our salvation. What the government does or doesn't do does not alter one bit what, who God is and what he's able to do. Amen? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, the religious. Well, I don't go to that church because they raise their hands, because they worship, because they dance, because they prophesy, because they... You can get religious and miss out on what God wants to do. Amen? Then, th th then you've got the political, which you can feel the weight of that. You can feel the burden. Let it drive us to our knees to intercede, but not look to it and feel like, oh, no, all my hope is gone because my president isn't in, or all my hope is gone because this is what the House looks like. This is what the Senate... No, my hope is in God. My trust is in Him. He's the all-sufficient one. His kingdom reigns over all the kingdoms of the earth. Amen? God will bring about His plan. We need to... We need to engage, we need to participate, we need to do our part, but that falls in him. Don't let it steal your hope. Beware of that leaven to pull you away from faith. Beware of that leaven that, gets, that lowers your vision so that you're not seeing the power and the glory of God and encountering kingdom reality, amen, and that we're, we're, we're processing, amen, leaven through, through the eyes of the natural and not the eyes of the spirit. We have the capability we have the invitation to view life from a different perspective. Seated in heavenly places. You've heard me say it a number of times. Living from heaven to earth, not earth to heaven. Amen? I think that's pretty good. <laughs> I'm not sure how many of you are getting that. But, but, but man, this is revolutionizing my life. Amen? Living from heaven to earth. We've been repositioned through the cross. We're seated in heavenly places. Our perspective should be different. And if you are born again and the Holy Spirit lives in you, it can be different. There's an invitation to be different. You can see, you can enter new realms, you can encounter God in ways that you didn't even realize was possible, and it will revolutionize your life. Amen. We've got a lot of young people here this morning. Amen. God's talking to you right now. You're going to be world changers for your generation. Amen. You, you, you're good on basketball courts. You're good with the ladies and the ladies with the men. Amen. We're see, seeing all that. But God's got, God's got some kingdom things for you. Amen. That may include some of that. Amen. But you're going to make a difference to your generation. I did had to stop and decree that, prophesy that over these young people. We have a graduation in my heart thinking about them. Amen. And I know God's promised me who the next revival is going to include. It's going to, it's going to be grassroots, everybody. And it's not going to be one or two high offices and, and, and functioning. I hope they use offices too. But I'm telling you, if you're born again this morning, God wants to show you some things. He wants you to enter into some things. Amen? There's another leaven that's talked about in the scriptures. In Matthew 13, 33, don't turn to it, it's just this one verse, but in Matthew 13, 33, he says, another parable he spoke to them, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. 
Leaven of the Pharisees. Leaven of Herod. Kingdom leaven. And we know what happens. See, God, when, when you put heat to leaven, things begin to happen. Amen? And God's giving us some options this morning. What leaven are we going to embrace? What leaven is going to permeate our lives? Is it, 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 is it the Pharisaical, the religious? Is it political? Is it Herod? Or the leaven of the kingdom? Amen. He said there's, there's leaven. Amen. And God's, you know, it's through the refining process. It's through the heat. Amen. It's, it, it's through the difficulties, the things we face, the challenges in our life, the, the things where we don't know what our next step is, and we don't know how we're going to get through it, where the grief and the hurt is so bad, you don't know if you can take another breath. Amen. Where, where the, the, the financial pressure or, or physical pressure that, we're, that, that we may be under or battling and, and don't understand. Amen. It's, it, it's those times that the heat get tur- gets turned up, and we can, we can give into any one of the leavens depending on what eyes we're looking through. God says this leaven. It says another parable he spake to them, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till all was leavened. Amen. God will heat it up so that it permeates our life and our experience. Well, verse 16 we had read back in Mark 8. He said, and I want to look at another word here. It said, and they reasoned among themselves saying, because we have no bread. Natural reasoning can get us in trouble. They knew they didn't have any bread. Jesus says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And because they looked to natural reasoning, they said, is it because we didn't bring any bread? They were trying to hash it out, trying to figure it out without the help of the Holy Spirit. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, Is it because we have no bread? But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason? Because you have no bread. Do you not perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, you do not hear. And do you not remember? It's two words I want to look at here just a little bit. Reason and remember. Natural reasoning will keep us from kingdom reality. He goes, where's your heart? Where's the eyes of the heart here? Where's the eyes of the spirit? He goes, you're not seeing. Where's the eyes of the ears? You're not hearing. Amen? He said, you, you, you're reasoning. So you, you, your perception, you don't understand. And when you don't understand and when you try to continually approach kingdom reality and truth through reasoning, your heart's hardened. That's when you can get the leaven of the Pharisees. Amen? He, he's warned them against those two leavens. And he, and, he, and he says, listen. He said, why have you reasoned among yourselves 
Do you not remember? What was he asking them to remember? When we broke five loaves in verse 19, when we broke five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said to him, 12. And also, we broke seven for 4,000. How many large basketfuls of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. And he said to them, how is it you don't understand? See, they, weren't, they, weren't, they, they missed the purpose of those miracles. They missed the encounter that they had. Jesus purposely included them. When he, when he prayed over the bread, he gave it to them. He had them set down in 50s. He had them pass it out. They witnessed firsthand this miracle, and it never penetrated their heart. And so that when the next time they're in a boat and they have no bread... It's like that never even happened. And Jesus said, listen, see, what, what God's telling us here, what he's been convicting me of always, I've witnessed and I've encountered some supernatural things over the years. I've experienced healing. I've seen people healed. I've seen people delivered. I've seen people set free. I've seen people get gloriously saved. Amen. I've heard testimonies of resurrections of the dead. I've seen, heard people that were blind and eyes were formed and they had no eyes. It was formed in their sockets. He goes, I want you to remember. Amen. I, I want you to focus on that. I want you to the, 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 the focus on the kingdom reality. Amen. Of the things that you've encountered. Is there anyone here ever encountered God in any way? Amen. The supernatural power of God. If you're born again, that was one of the biggest miracles that could ever happen to you. Amen. You got a new set of eyes. You got a new set of ears. You got a new heart. Amen. We can encounter the presence and the glory of God. If you've got that, you've encountered something. God says, don't forget it. Remember it. When you're facing your challenges today, when you don't have any bread, when you don't know what you're going to do next, when you've got physical problems, when you, you don't, don't process it in the natural. Don't give in to that leaven. Say, my God is greater. My God is the all-sufficient one. All things are possible with him. And I remember when I didn't have it here and God came through. I remember when I lacked here and God came through. I remember, man, when I was so sick I couldn't move and I cried out to God and he healed me. I remember when I prayed for my mother. I remember when I prayed for somebody at work. I remember when, when I encountered that person on the side of the road and they got healed and delivered and got saved. Amen. God wants us to remember. He doesn't want us to forget those things that we've had, those encounters that we've had with him, he wants us to build our life on that kingdom reality that we've had. Amen? We can reason. We can reason it all away, or we can remember. Amen. You know, when one thing I notice when I do a funeral, everybody's the memories all come to the forefront. And all the good things and, and, and the encounters that people had with that person, that's what they want to talk about. Amen. That's good. That's healthy. That's a good thing. God says, listen, I, I don't want you to reason away who I am in my supernatural power. I don't want you to reason that away. I don't want you to fear. I don't want you to become anxious. I want you to remember. 
You know, I, you know, I used to look at this and say, man, Jesus was just rebuking these guys all the time. You know, Peter, foot and mouth disease and just off to the races all the time. But really, he wasn't. When you really go back and look at it, what he was doing is he was pulling them up. He loved them enough to not let them stay there. And he would present that truth. He was trying to elevate them to new levels of faith and new levels of kingdom reality and authority because he was about ready to pour it out on them and they were going to pick up the mantle and have to go. I, I really believe that, that, that what's manifest here, even in this encounter on the boat, was the love of God. God wants to bless. He's a good, good father. He wants to bless. And he'll tell us what we need to hear to position us, for us to make the shift to be able to position ourselves for blessing. Amen? When Peter was in the boat, and Jesus came walking to him on the water. The disciples were in the boat, and they thought it was a ghost. Never seen anybody walk on water. We probably would have been in the same boat. And they were fearful. He didn't, he didn't rebuke them for that fear. He goes, oh, be not afraid. It's me. It's okay. And they're like, who can do this? Walking to him on the water, walking in the supernatural, walking in the spirit, living in the kingdom reality putting it on display for them. He didn't rebuke them because they didn't understand. What, 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 they did, what he did is he just revealed who he was. And they had that encounter with him, something they could remember. After he was crucified, it says, don't you remember how he said? And he told them that's when they would remember it. When, when, when he used Peter's boat, he told Peter, launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a great draught. I want, to, I want to bless you, Peter. Man, there's a little rent on your boat here while I preached. I, mean, I, I, just want, I just want to bless you. Man, I want to bless your socks off. You're a fisherman. You know, I, I just, just go on out and let down your nest. Well, Lord, we fished all night. We haven't caught anything. Nevertheless, at your word, we'll let down a net. Jesus filled the net so it was breaking. Had to beckon to their partners to help them haul it in. I think he was in the back of the boat just laughing. I, I think he's back there saying, you know, one of these days you're going to get it, boys. <laughs> one of these days you're going to know who I am. One of these days you're going to know I'm the creator of those fish. I'm the creator of the universe. I'm the creator. Of, you know, I, I tell people the big miracle wasn't that they had so much fish that the nets broke. The big miracle is God kept them out of the net all night. These guys were professional fishermen. He was setting up for this. And he's in the back of the boat seeing them struggle, trying to handle all those fish. And trying to. Peter comes to him. What does he do? He falls down on the boat and says, depart from me. What was it? It was the blessing. It was a supernatural blessing beyond anything he ever expected. Encounter of that blessing brought a spirit of repentance. Depart from me. I'm a sinful man, O oh Lord. And Jesus, that's all right, Peter. Now you're going to catch men. He didn't make him wallow in his sin. He didn't condemn him. He didn't beat him. He didn't, he didn't say, when are you going to get this? No, he said, no, now you're going to catch man. You're starting to see some things. I can use you. Amen? God encounters. He wants us to remember. And I'm going to, we're going to look at Psalm 132 real quick here.
Psalm 132 and verse 1. Lord, remember David and all his afflictions, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. Surely I will not go into the chamber of my house or go up into the comfort of my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes nor slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Amen. You see in the heart and the passion of David here for, see, this was out of relationship. David had encountered the Lord many times. He'd seen, he'd, he'd had victory over Goliath. He'd had victory over the lion. He'd had victory over the bear. He had had victory over, over army after army after army and those that attacked him, always outnumbered, always outgunned. Amen. And yet victory after victory. Even his own children, one of his sons turned against him and tried to take away the kingdom. Still had victory. And David just had this heart. I want to build, build a house for the Lord. I want, a, I want a, a place where where anyone can come and anyone can encounter him and anyone can fellowship with him. And he began to prepare to do it. And God says, I, I, I like your heart, David. I like what you want to do. He said, but you can't do it. You're a man of war. You're son's going to do it, but I'll tell you what, I'll make you a house. (laughs) He was talking about prophetically, he was setting in motion that through the seed of David, the Savior would come. I'll build you a house that will be eternal. And so David, because he had this heart, and because he, he, he was a friend of God, at God's own testimony about him, he was a friend of God, he says, behold, we heard it in Ephratah. We, we found it in the fields and the woods. We, let us go into the tabernacle. Let us worship at his footstool. This was his heart. Arise, O Lord, to your resting place. And the ark of your strength, the ark represented the manifest presence of God. Let your peace be clothed with righteousness. Let your saints shout for joy. Amen. Attributes and nature and character of God being released. For your servant David's sake, do not turn away the face of your anointed. The Lord has sworn in truth to David. He will not turn from it. I will set upon the throne, I will set upon the throne the fruit of your body. He was declaring to David that through your seed all the nations of the world that will be blessed. The same covenant that he had with Abraham. He was ca- passing on through David. He said, nobody will cease to sit on the throne. We're prophesying to when Jesus would one day occupy it. Amen. For all eternity. Verse 11. The Lord has sworn in truth to David. He will not turn from it. I will set upon your throne the fruit of your body. Now listen to this. Verse 12. If your sons will keep my covenant and my testimony, which I shall teach them, their sons also shall set upon the the throne forevermore. If your sons shall keep my covenant and my testimony... Amen. Do you know God is God has given us His testimony for an inheritance? We get all worried about our testimony. All Paul did is ran around and gave God's testimony, and that became His testimony. You know, our real testimony is God's testimony operating in our life. Without that, we have no testimony. Without that, we have nothing to say. Amen. We zilch. 
We don't register on the meter of heaven. But when we begin to encounter God, we quit reasoning. We start believing. We start seeing in the spirit. We start hearing. We start perceiving what God's speaking and what God's doing. Amen. We start to encounter the testimony of God. What is that? Hey, I died for your sins. Love compelled me to come. Amen. And rescue you from the snare of the fowler. I delivered you from sin. I delivered you from the wrath that was due you. I delivered you from a literal burning hell and I come to bring you life and life more abundantly I heal your I healed your sicknesses I healed your diseases I brought about my redemptive purposes I delivered you from every demonic influence in your life I brought down every high thing in your life that kept you from me I brought up everything low that would try to keep you from me I made the crooked straight amen and a highway for me to come into your life amen God says, that's the testimony I want you to go with. That's the testimony I want you to remember. That's the testimony that I want your testimony to be built on. Amen. This this began to pierce my heart this week. The testimony of God. He says, if they obey my covenant and my testimony, See, that, that, that elevates us beyond anything we can do ourselves. That lifts the limits. Whatever testimony we can conjure up apart from him, amen, it just, it just we, we, we got an invitation to hire. If your sons will keep my covenant and my testimony, which I shall teach them. For the Lord, in verse 13, has chosen Zion. He's desired it for a dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. I will also clothe her priests with salvation. And her saints shall shout for joy. There I will make the horn of David grow. I will prepare a lamp for my anointed, prophetic of Jesus. His enemies I will clothe with shame, but upon himself his crown shall flourish. Amen. Amen. He said, I'm giving you my testimony for an inheritance. Work off that one. See what the devil does. When the accuser comes to you, and tells you why you're not worthy. Tells you why you can't do something that God has called you to do. Amen. Jesus said, well, just grab my testimony. <laughs> where all things are possible. Where nothing is impossible. Where you can encounter me. And out of that relationship can flow kingdom reality, authority, and power. The joy of the Lord. See, the kingdom of God, is, it, it's not meat or drink. It's righteousness. It's peace. It's joy in the Holy Ghost. It's not in word, amen, but in power. In other words, it's, it's an eternal, internal kingdom that God is designed to be released in and through our lives to bring glory to his name. That's why he says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Why? Because I've given you everything you need to do that. He says, don't be conformed to the world. Don't look to that leaven. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Not reasoning, 
the renewing of your mind that you may prove or give evidence of or put on display what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's your destiny. You've been designed to do that because the Spirit of God lives in you. You've got everything you need to prove, to put on display the perfect will of God. You say, well, what happens if I don't know what, what the will of God is? Let me tell you, one of the, to me, one of the most clearest, clearest scriptures concerning the will of God. You don't have to turn to it, but it's Luke 11, too. When, G, when the disciples came to Jesus, said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He goes, all right, when you pray, I want you to ask this. I want you to pray that my kingdom come and the will of heaven, this is the will of God, the will of heaven be done in earth as it is in heaven. Just start with that one. It will grow on you. Kingdom revelation will begin to be released. Kingdom authority, kingdom power, kingdom joy, kingdom love. Amen. This superior kingdom that God has said is ours. It's our heritage. It's our inheritance. Amen. We'll begin to, we'll begin to manifest in and through your life, and you'll become a world changer for the glory of God. Amen? That was pretty good. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I like that. Let's stand together. We're going to close in prayer. Ask the worship ministry to come again. <clears throat> and uh, just remind everyone our graduation today at 2, if you'd like to attend that. But right now, <clears throat> I believe the Lord wants to deposit something in our hearts and in our lives. When, I believe when the, when the word of God is sown, when the seeds are sown in any meeting, in any Bible study, in any home group, in any one-on-one -on -one conversation, when you sit down alone and you open the scriptures, amen, when you get on your knees, when you get, and God begins to quicken the word of God, those seeds are being sown for a reason. God, God's looking for some fruit. Amen. And what he's doing is he's given us an invitation. He's given us an invitation. Amen. From where we are to where he wants to bring us. He's given us the capability. He's given us the capability by his spirit for these truths to not just become Pharisaical leaven or political leaven, but leaven of the kingdom where the reality of who he is, his testimony is released and in our lives, activated, amen, and, and set forth. If that's what you want this morning, could you just lift your hands and your hearts towards heaven as we close in prayer? Father, we just come to you today, and God, you're showing us more. You're showing us more, and God, we are excited. We are excited that you are reaching down and desiring to to lift us up. God, you don't want us to just live our life of reasoning. God, you want us to live a life of remembering. Remembering your testimony. Remembering your love. Remembering your sacrifice. 
remembering the fruit of that sacrifice. And God, you desire for the fruit of that sacrifice to be manifest in and through your people. And so God, fill the earth with your glory. God, let us be a part of that expression of glory throughout the earth. God, let us, let us encounter you in such a way that we carry your presence wherever we go. God, help us to abide in you and you and us, God, to such a degree that whatever room we walk into, whatever celebration we walk into, whatever difficulty we walk into, whatever supermarket, whatever job, whatever home, whatever family we walk into, God, we have the fragrance of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. God, once again, we set our affections on you. God, help us to remember. God, add fire to the leaven of the kingdom in our lives. And help us, God, to, to have our minds renewed to the degree that we can make evident your will in the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's close worshiping the Lord together.